Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast, presented by ThorMX. Uh, thanks to ThorMX and BTOsports.com for coming on board. Check out their, their websites and uh, listen to the commercials, people, because that's how these things get made. I'm your host, as usual, Steve Mathis. It's an off week for me, uh, U.S. Nationals. So, of course, last week, I, uh, I, or last Saturday, I dialed up the rollerball, the greatest Canadian rider ever, and uh, now... I, uh, I, called, I called up the second greatest Canadian rider ever, uh, my buddy of mine, and I've been wanting to do one of these with him for a long, long time. We, we've constantly missed each other. The great Jean Sebastian Waugh. JSR, what's up? Thank you for doing this. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, thanks. We've, we've, this is three years in the making, this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, you know, that's what happened when you called me the second uh, best Canadian. That's why I was slow on, uh, on oh. calling you back about that. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point. Um, well, you know, I've, I've, I have people that say you're greater than Rollerball because you race in a tougher era. You, you know, you represented the, the Canada well down south, all over the world, really. There's, in my mind, you're number two. But in a lot of people's minds, you're number one. So it's it, you know, you're you're right there. Yeah, it's uh, no. We, I mean, we for the we known each other for for many years, and uh, yeah, we had the discussion, this discussion a few times. But uh, and no, you know what? I, I'm I'm cool. Uh, I'm cool with uh, with being the 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 best one from in the eyes of some of right. other guys, and being yeah. a second one in your eyes. Right. But uh, rollerball was for sure, uh, you know, the the he opened, he probably opened some doors for for us, for some of the Canadian, uh, like myself, Carl, Vaillancourt, uh, Blair, and Darcy Lange, and name it, all the kids that went down to the states after Ross. Right. Uh, it is, it is, you know, like be hard to compare Stewart with uh, Bob Anna, let's say. It's just two different areas and uh, different bikes, different series. I yeah. Mean, yeah, similar that, series, just different, you know. Like no, it, Ross it, it, has I mean Canadian national title. He's got what thirty something. Well, he did ride three classes in a day. Yeah. Um, so you, but uh, no, Ross was uh, no was uh, you know my idol back in the days, and uh, and I still respect uh, the guy. And uh, but uh, be for sure, it'd be uh, it'd be nice if we can go back in time and and, and battle. <laughs> battle <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the, we we were lucky as Canadian motocross fans because right. As rollerball was ending, you were coming on. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have any roller racing against rollerball stories? Any good ones? Yeah, I. Uh, well, that's you know that's a long time ago, but I remember racing him uh, on Suzuki's actually mm-hmm. in, in o two o three in two thousand ninety three ninety one And if I remember right, he stopped in at the end of ninety three. Yeah, end of ninety three. 
Yeah, so I raced him uh, 19. I moved pro in 91, so I, I raced him uh, in Canada. Yeah. 91, I uh, did some of the Winter M in Florida right. against uh, him and, well, lots of the fast, lots of fast U.S. guys as well. But uh, So I raced him a couple of times. Uh, don't remember beating him too many times, to be honest. Oh, I that's beat right. Him, uh, that's remember right. remember beating him at, uh, at the sand track in, uh, in your neck of the wood. Oh, in Austin? Yeah. Austin. Yeah. And uh, race him uh, a few times. Arena cross. He did. Ross was doing a lot of arena crosses in Quebec. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got this strong series in the spring. Uh, the arena cross series. I, I battled uh, with him a couple of times. I remember pushing him off the track uh, once, like uh, in in Quebec City, the Quebec Coliseum, I think. Oh yeah. And uh, I was all you know, kind of hiding uh, <laughs> under my box and in the pits after the race. I was worried about him that. Right. Uh, and he actually came with a big smile on, and you know, oh, he like, did? Yeah, 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 sorry, yeah, he says, this is all you do, this, you know. <laughs> this is so what he was, you do, I, right, I was right. like, oh, just blowing away. I, like, I, like I said, I was a little worried about right. him. Be wanted to kick my butt, but uh, he says, this is all you're gonna win races. I mean, across, you know, don't be shy. You have to push. Right. You have to make your. Uh, and uh, but no, I had some uh, had some uh, some some good time and. Uh, but I uh, oh. wish, uh, yeah, I wish I was uh, racing uh, with him. Uh, I never raced him in the states, like I raced him yeah. in Canada only. So I think he was uh, getting ready to retire uh, when I started. You, you racing. said, you said he was your hero. I'm surprised though. Valancourt, not your hero. Um, more, well, Carl, more I would say Carl and Ross. I think Ross okay. because maybe a bit more Ross. Carl, he was close. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lived close to the guy, and I raced against him during provincials all the time. Okay, yeah. And I was racing, you know, when you do provincial races, uh, there's less rider, the tracks are a bit easier, the motors are shorter. Yep. So I was closer to Carl, so Carl was like, you know, I can beat this guy. Right, right, right. And Ross, to me, was on a different planet. You know, he would show up just for, you know, to the national, and then, you know, of course, kick my butt. And then Ross' background in the U.S. uh, was a bit, uh, you know, a better, yeah. you know, better resume than Carl in the U.S. Uh, in his past, and then Ross was, uh, no, he was meaner. <laughs> he was just bigger guy, and just, uh, you know, he was. Uh, I always, anyway, um, yeah. I always feel like, uh, I always feel like in in Canadian moto terms, Carl Valencourt was underrated because he yeah. could beat Ross a lot. He he finished. He got. I think he got a couple of top fives in 125 Supercross in like '88. Um, if anything, I feel like Carl Valencourt is underrated as a Canadian moto. He was pretty good. Yeah, no, for sure. Carl was, uh, it was, yeah, no, you're right. I think you, you, uh, for sure he was underrated. Maybe because he raced, uh, against Ross, uh, and, and Ross was, you know, uh, the name was there, you know, Ross was, was older than Carl and, uh, Carl yeah, he did a few mm-hmm. Supercross. He was doing most of the 250 main event. He did a yeah. lot of good uh, re- good result in a 125 class, even with his uh, heavy, uh, he was like 185 yeah. or 90 pounds, so that was big on the 125. And uh, Carl just retired uh, at a young age oh, yeah, uh, from racing. Yeah, he was like 26 or something. Um, yeah, 25. Uh, well, yeah. actually, 26, but the year, the, his last year, he was, he was at university while racing. So 20, yeah. 25, 26 years old, so yeah. uh, uh, he could have, you know, he could have gone uh, further as far as getting better results because he was uh, he was working really, really hard. So I was lucky to grow up, I would say, between those two guys, like mm-hmm. racing with with them because they really show me, you know, if I want to beat this guy, I need to yeah. I need to be able to, you know, 
to these six moto days, and it really, they really, really raised the bar. Mm-hmm. As far as to me, that was a standard. If you want to win, you have to train like Ross and Carl, and they're doing, you know, mm-hmm. you know an hour moto. So anyway, right. so that's where I think that was. Uh, there were those two guys were those two guys were a big part of of my mentality of. Uh, you know, if you want to win, this, if you want to, if you want to win motocross, you have to be an Ironman. Which, of course, uh, you know, near the end of your career, still being an older guy, you were far and away in great shape than a lot of the kids you raced. Uh, it always felt like, you know, finally when Dusty Clatt toppled you in '06, perhaps your fitness—he was on the level of you as fitness—but for years, no one could touch you. You were a hard worker. Uh, you motoed down your whole your whole career. Really, it was one of your strengths, no doubt yeah. about it. Yeah, no, it was uh, one of my strengths for sure. Uh, and and uh, looking back now, if I want to find some, I've always been very uh, strict, very uh, hard on myself as far as if I was losing a race or doing a mistake, like it was never the bike, it was always myself. Mm-hmm. I was never I was never good enough for what I wanted to do. I was never, you know, even if I win a weekend at, at something wrong, like I could have done something better. Yep. Uh, I was never in shape enough for me. Uh, my mom was pretty close to me back then, and I, my my girlfriend now she told me I was you know, a bit crazy sometimes because I was <laughs> such in good shape, yeah, but yeah. it was not enough. Yeah. So that that for sure saved me. Uh, I mean, gave me a couple of championship because of my fitness, speed wise. Uh, yes, I would. You know, of course, I was yeah. there, but I don't consider myself a talented guy like. Like a Blair Morgan, like a Colton Fasciati, like a, like a Jeremy McGrath or, yeah, or yeah. Kevin Windham, let's say. Right. You know, I, I've I've worked, I would say, harder than a lot of people, uh, because you know, you know, skill wise, you know, I'm not saying I was not good, but no, I'm just, you know, I was not a natural, it. natural uh, rider. Uh, but uh, I was in the best shape, to be honest, of my life when I, after I had done the U.S. National, like 01, 02, when I came back here in Canada, I, I learned a lot by spending a couple of weeks with Ricky Carmichael down in the States. I've changed a little bit my training schedule after spending some time with him, and then mm-hmm. I think I got older, more smart, and changed uh, a few things and got even in better shape, uh, you know, in my early 30s. So. Well, that's what I was going to say. My next question was, of course, uh, you know, you, you – you hooked up with Ricky. You trained a lot with him, and and talk about a guy not having fun either, and just working hard. Ricky Carmichael, you know, despite yeah. the wins, despite the, he could slack off probably, but he never did. His mom wouldn't let him, and then he he still had yeah. that work ethic. So, I imagine there wasn't a lot of fun days with you and RC down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish uh, I I didn't spend that much time. Like I spent always three to four weeks, mm-hmm. uh, maybe. Four four or five seasons, like I just like like I said, three to four weeks in uh, the end of April and May. Yep. So it was at the end of the Supercross series for him mm-hmm. and the beginning of the outdoors. So, uh, and I was down at GPF with uh, Josh Wood uh, at his park, which I, another, you know, another step in my career was staying with these guys, uh, yep. MTF at GPF. And Ricky was nearby. So uh, the training, you know, those training facility park uh, yeah. really, you know, really helped. And, uh, you know, just spending, like I said, three, four weeks uh, for four years uh, in a row with Ricky was, uh, was, was great. He offered me, you know, one time to stay in the summer with him. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that I was racing a different series yeah. and not racing against him, uh, I, was, I would say welcome uh, anytime there. 
but uh, the summers in Florida are just terrible. They're just yeah. so way so hot, <laughs> too hot. <laughs> and the summers here in Canada are beautiful. So I came back. Uh, I decided to come back here and spend the summer uh, with uh, at my place. But I could have spent more time with him for sure. But uh, I wish I would have met him. And, and I wish I would <laughs> train with him when I was uh, you know twenty eighteen, twenty or twenty one years old. But uh, yeah. Anyway, no, that was great. That was, uh, and like you said, he's, of course, everyone knows that he's right. he's working hard, and his mom was there and, and structuring the <laughs> the training. And, but it was it was fun to ride with him for sure. I always, the hard work easier. I always tell the story. I went to Red Dog, and I went there in '99 with Jason Thomas and okay. and, and Ricky. We did three thirties on a rough sand track, three thirty plus mm-hmm. twos. Uh, J, JT made it two of them. Uh, Timmy made it two and a half before they pulled off. It was hot. You know, it was the middle of summer. Yeah. Ricky did yeah. all three, and then he didn't do – this was on 25 days, I think. Or maybe he was riding yeah. a 250, but re- practicing on a 250. I don't know. And then he yeah. didn't do his corners, and Jeannie let him have it. <laughs> I mean, he just did 330s, but he did yeah. not do his corners. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the drive. That's the determination yeah. that, that you had. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think now, uh, and like, uh, I would – Maybe I don't know if I if I want to do that, but compare. Let's say when I I was telling you uh, Ross Peterson and Carvancor step up the bar, and I right. came behind them and they really raised the bar. So I said, okay, this is the way to do it. And I think Ricky did that in a bigger scale in the U.S. Uh, I mean, to me, Ricky is, is uh, you know Ricky and Jeremy are, are to me the best you know the best guy in the U.S. Because in my area, maybe Stewart and. Other kids right now are as good if it's not better, but to me in my area, Jeremy uh, was you know by far the man mm-hmm. and such a cool guy and a nice guy for the sport overall. You know, yeah. And then Ricky came in, and as far as fitness-wise and training and, and intensity of our intense, uh, Ricky brought. Uh, let's say if you watch a 250 main event from the McGrath day, it was a bit you know. You know yeah. Nothing against these guys back no, then, but ten laps and cruising, feel, right? Yeah, ten laps yeah. and cruising. Yeah. I don't feel that these guys were, I mean, they were pushing hard, but nothing like, like these days. Since Ricky walked in and then stepped, you know, raised the bar to a different level than Stewart and then the, the rest of the crew follow. Right. And now you're watching you know, the U.S., not even the national, these guys are, are just just out of control, like pushing 100%, 110% for the whole whole moto. Yep. Um, so, uh, Hey, let's uh, let's get to what you're doing now before we get into the time machine and go back. Um, you're uh, you're working. You obviously you've you invested well. Your winnings. You have some apartment buildings in uh, in Quebec. You look after. You uh, did a little bit of work for Oakley for years. Um, now you work with the Red Bull KTM team as a rider coach slash trainer slash mentor. Kevin uh, Benoit just broke his leg. Dusty Klatt tore his ACL before the year started. Colton Fasciati. Uh, had a bad crash at the round at the third moto of the year. JSR, what are you doing to these guys? Uh, what what a disaster for your team. Uh, Tyler Medaglia is doing well. Klatt's back, and now yeah. you have Cole Thompson. But tough year for your uh, for your troops there. Yeah, yeah, no, really, really tough uh, year for sure. Uh, first thing I can tell, it's uh, it's not my fault. So, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, no, it uh, it is for sure. It is. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 poor, you know, poor Andy tough. White. Poor Andy White. Jeez. Yeah. It's uh, and so this you know poor. I mean, the, the mechanics behind these guys that are working hard, the, the sponsor behind mm-hmm. us. Uh, I mean, even the I mean the fan. Uh, it's it's you know 
Yeah. Sad for the fan that they're missing, you know, the two, two or three of the best Canadian rider right now because of injuries. Uh, yeah, it is. You know, it's not. Uh, I think it's it's, it's really tough, a uh, tough year. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, to me, yes, I'm I'm involved uh, with KTM for the last uh, three years. That pretty much, uh, well, this year, pretty much, you know, full time. Would say part time, full time, depending. You know, in the summer, I'm uh, there in the weekend. Right. More more than anything in the in the fall, this coming fall, I'll be at the office. You know, three to four days a week. Uh, and yes, I'm helping the the pro, the the the, the top team with Andy and the riders try to uh, you know mm-hmm. be there. I'm around at pretty much every round to. Uh, sometimes it's little things that make the difference. You know, make sure yeah. these guys eat well, go to the gate with them, help them with uh, you know picking the gate and things mm-hmm. like that. Just being around for yeah, yeah. you know, and sometimes it's helping with goggles and you know cleaning their their, their stuff a little bit. Just to be around, make sure you know things good. They've got great mechanic right. that take care of the bikes and stuff like that and uh, more and more i'm going to take over the uh, the amateur side of ktm in canada oh, okay. uh, yeah all the when i say amateur of course amateur it's not like down in the states like the amateur world here it's not uh, mm-hmm. busy like in the u.s but it that includes the the dealerships program with their local rider like some of the dealership uh, you know Get like uh, a bit of support from KTM on discounts on bikes and stuff like that. So internally, there's a lot of paperwork to do, and so I'm I'm doing a lot of different things to be honest. And I'm just yeah. you know I'm pumped to be part of KTM. I think it's a it's you know I've never really raced uh, with that company at uh, you know when I was full time racing, but the, they they came out a long way and they they now they're they're just hundred uh, percent. Addicted to addicted to uh, to racing, they're spending lots of money for testing and developing new bikes. And Red Bull and Fox being around uh, the company kicks a bit of money into the program, so we're able to, uh, you know, to hire the uh, and pay some of the good you know, some of the good riders that we right. have in Canada, so these kids can uh, can can go to the races. It's not. Uh, not the good. Uh, it's not the 2004 and five and six uh, that that we know for racing, and there's yeah. not. The economy has been uh, has been you know pretty bad for for all uh, America. So it's it's good that we have a company that keeps uh, keeps uh, going into the races and keep pushing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, keep pushing. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's busy. I'm busy with that, uh, and, and and like I said, I'm happy to uh, to help out. Uh, I can't jump on the bike and go win a moto, but I'm trying my best. <laughs> well, to, they might they uh, might be calling. Good. They might be calling you uh, at this point. Yeah, after the weekend at <laughs> Gopher Dune at the you know 38 degrees, right. which is what was 90 you know 95 to 100, probably 100 degrees Fahrenheit. It was uh, I didn't really miss uh, <laughs> right. that to be honest. <laughs> um. I feel like, uh, and Colton Fasciotti, of course, out for the year. Him and Brett Metcalf were shaping yeah. up to be a, a phenomenal season between those two. Colton's had some big injuries in the last little while. He's also won a lot of races. And I feel like uh, from the days of Blackfoot Yamaha when you were there, I feel like you had a lot to do with Colton's success. I mean, did you really uh, work with him a lot? Did you really show him a lot? Or, or am I just uh, yeah. am I dreaming of that? But I feel like once he got on Blackfoot, once you and Blair and everybody were like, this is what you have to do, it's finally his talent, which he's got a ton of talent. Yeah. Uh, finally, he put his talent with some work ethic, and, and the guy was unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Me, uh, I think myself and uh, and Blair Morgan, 
uh, we kind of took, I mean, a kid was really a kid like me and Blair are, are, were like in our dirty, and we find this little kid that, uh, uh, you know, still, uh, you know, still a teenager pretty mm-hmm. much because yeah. he was like 16, I think he was 17. And when when we signed him, so we took him like uh, pretty much like a son. So Blair was always sharing a room with him. Uh, I remember cutting, you know, I remember walking into these kids' uh, room, this guy's room, and and you know they're eating a chocolate bar just before <laughs> it was like their tradition. Him and Blair, Colt and Blair, eating like a sharing like a Kit Kat bars, and so it was like they were really really close to each other. These two. Yeah. Uh, so he learned a lot. Uh, you know the. With, with me racing against myself and Blair, and then when I decide to stop racing in uh, '08, uh, I really dedicate uh, my winter to uh, to him, going to Georgia with him and live mm-hmm. with him and spend like you know 24/7 uh, with him in Georgia. I was still riding riding a lot back then, so I was testing his bike, developing everything for him. So when he got into when he get back to, when he got back to Canada in '08 for the summer. Uh, he was he was a new kid. He was a new guy, and yeah. really, I think those two years, eighty, uh, no, two thousand eight and two thousand nine, I spent like I said, both winter with him. Uh, that made a big difference. Uh, I didn't teach him, you know, to go faster on the bike. Right. I think I teach him a lot of, uh, you know, maybe uh, you know, a couple of things on the track, but off the track, uh, I think I teach him. You know the, the 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 way to do it as far as training, and now in the past, you know, three or four years, he's uh, the past two three seasons, he's on his own. Right. And right. Uh, even at Black for the last you know year, he was uh, he was on his own. You know what to do. He knows uh, what it takes, and he really believes that you know yes, if you're 100 percent in shape, you can do this. So, uh, but now yeah, now he's you know he's 20. Those guys, uh, you know, he's 24, 25 years old, so he knows what to do. Yeah. And of course, last year, uh, you know, injury tried to race with an injury that didn't work out good. New mm-hmm. bike, new team, and then a bad injury all summer long. And uh, this this winter, he was really, really pumped. Loved that new KTM bike, and and you know, he was back on on the top, and he proved it the first you know yeah two more of the year. So uh, and uh, he was there. He was around uh, this weekend at Gopher. You know, he seems uh, you know he seems good. His and We'll probably bug him for a while because he broke some finger. Oh, okay. And he got some screws into the finger, so that will slow him down for a couple of months. But he will, you know, hopefully, for him, he will be back 100% before the end of the year, like oh. before the end of 2013. I'm uh-huh. not saying the end of the motocross yeah. season, right. but uh, so uh, yeah, it's tough for these guys yep. when you, you know, start uh, um. at the top at the beginning of the year and then get an injury. So now. Uh... Let's 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 start. Let's go back in the in the time machine with your career yourself. Um, now I'm not putting myself on your level at all, um, but I was, uh, you know, a top amateur kid in Manitoba. We you were one class ahead of me. We raced Moto Park. I think you you and Brad Lockhart split some wins. I won the 500 junior class. Um, okay, I got fourth in 125 junior, I think, or something. But anyways, um, so you were, you know, you and Doug DeHaan were kind of the top. Canadian amateur kids, but at the yep. time we didn't really have a Canadian series to go to. Like, and yep. of course, again, I'm not, I'm, I was nowhere near your level, but I did did race against you here and there. Um, the CMA was disbanding. The CMRC was still. I don't think they were even around at that point. Maybe they're CMC. So the yep. series was falling apart. Um, and you, 
in a way, you were sort of forced to start going down south. Because nowadays, the guys have, you know, and I always go, like, where's our our rollerball, where's our JSR for our Canadian riders now? Because they don't seem to like to venture anywhere outside of their nine races. Where you, there really wasn't a Canadian series to race, and you started heading down south pretty much right away. Um, Yeah. Your second, your 1993... Your second, uh, your first ever Supercross race, you got sixth in the 125 East class, East uh, at Daytona. At Daytona, think, yeah. yeah, and uh, young Mike Brown. Jeez, um, he's still racing, JSR. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> um, but really, you were forced to start going to heading down south if you wanted to make money, be faster, uh, and all that because the Canadian series was uh, just in disarray. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you're you're right on that. That's a big part of my. Uh, U.S. success or U.S. career. I, well, I raced a national, like we, you said, we raced together at the Moto Park, which was a CMA yeah. international. And then uh, I did two or three, actually, I did 91, 92, and 93 of the CMA national, uh, Canadian national. And then, uh, and then the CMRC and the CMA start, uh, they, they start the war and they, they, they start yeah. going their, their own series, different series. And that this is when I, I you know, I decide to go to the U.S. But even ninety, I would say beginning of the nineties, the 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 winter in in Florida mm-hmm. was uh, was a strong series. I don't know if it's still. Uh, I doubt it's it, it's as big as it was back right. then. But a lot of the once again, Ross Peterson was doing that series. So to me, uh, Ross and Carl was doing that series. So that was a big big deal. So I went down to yeah. the U.S. did that series in, in the Christmas during Christmas time and. If you guys remember, Gainesville as a U.S. national was uh, was between the Supercross series. Yeah, yeah. And I did race that uh, a long time ago, early '90, and I realized that wow, you know, <laughs> this is you know this is this is what I want to do. This yeah. is not like you know anything in Canada right now. So, uh, winter series Supercross in Daytona, a couple 125 East Coast Supercross. And then the national, and then I'm like, well, this is uh, this is you know what I, what I'm gonna where I'm gonna end up. And then I got, you know, uh, Mr. Beatty uh, at Katie at uh, at SMS back in the days. Now he's working for Parts, if I remember right. I met some really good guy, Brandon, at uh, Breaking. He was uh, yeah. working at for, at first for Biafi. The, mm-hmm. the I remember. BFC, yeah, he's, he's still working for Motion Pro. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and with this guy that really I think appreciate was uh, you know that little you know shy Canadian coming down to the states uh, with the help of a couple of guys like Frank Stacy he's no longer no longer into with us and I'm sure you remember him working yeah. for Dunlop yeah. so most of my sponsors uh, I did a couple races in the states at first didn't even break the top you know before you know, Daytona did very well but after that I got like so many sponsors down in the U S I'm like you know. So I decided to just keep going and hitting the the the, the outdoor series in '94. Uh, like some of the outdoor series, you know, I still I'm still I was still a, a Canadian, so I had yeah. to go back in Canada in the summer. Yeah. Did some, you know, some big races here, but it was nothing like a series. So uh, and, and you know, gas was cheaper back in the days. <laughs> I had a you know Q van. I just you know with 150 dollar of gas back then, you'd go like as hitting like. Malt Morris, uh, Bud's Creek. Inside in twelve hour drive, I was hitting like six or seven U.S. national Southwick, right. Red Bud, Bud's Creek, uh, 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 Malt Morris, Steel. 
So it was a plus the one in Florida while I was in Florida. So so the U.S. national for me was was yeah. you know the way to do it. And, were, uh, were you getting a lot of help from Suzuki Canada in ninety three ninety four? Yeah, yeah. In 90, yeah. Actually, just '93, uh, the 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 I don't know, they, they must have found a treasure or something at, at Suzuki. <laughs> I know Canada, everybody was on out. Suzuki. Everyone was yeah. on Suzuki. <laughs> yeah, they made a program where uh, where they they came out with you were buying, they were sending bikes, well, sending for us, for me, Carl and Ross, uh, we were buying bikes at like pretty much half price. And then give it. They give us like uh, you know some parts and the bonuses. The contingency yeah. was really strong for, and especially down in the U.S. too. If you, I mean, some of these guys uh, uh, were cashing a lot of money by doing two, three classes at the Winter Hands. So with all this help, uh, it, you know, it, it helped us to uh, you know to uh, yeah. to race. But uh, yeah, that was uh, you know that was better than. than yeah. That, uh, what's uh, most of these guys have right now? Yeah, the, by '95, the the CMA series was really. In, yep. I think there was four rounds or something. Or I did yep. I did the Melita Manitoba race in '94. Mm-hmm. That was I think Somo, uh, the Han race. Oh, yeah. Were you? Did you race that year? I don't even remember. Uh, no, '94. Well, yeah. I remember race Somo. You mentioned Somo. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. a couple of these guys, but I know yeah '94, five, six, and seven. Yeah. Even '98, there was. Was all over the place in Canada. I don't, you know, I don't consider having a Canadian series. Even if you if you talk to let's say Mark Stallybrass that runs a CMRC uh, now and he has an actual series right now, uh, I I don't I don't I don't see that being a series like in a in ninety four five six. It was just it was the East Coast. It's a national series. Yeah, and I think uh, most people at that time would would pretty much put you as the number one Canadian rider. Uh, yeah. But but there was no series. You didn't contest yeah. it. It was you could have had a lot more yeah. titles, JSR. We, we, we might yeah. be talking about you as rollerball ish if you if you would. Have yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ninety five back nine, then. Oh. Yeah, real quick back then, I was not going after the, the, the Canadian national. My goal was to to be a U.S. rider and be yeah. a factory rider in the states. I never, you know, right. until the two thousand, I said, okay, I'll come back and do and you know, win the national here in Canada. But until you know, before before I came back here, I was not. You know, Canadian national didn't really yeah. turn on that thing. <laughs> well, there. even, uh, you know, in 995, 96, 97, yourself, Doug DeHaan, Jason Fernett, uh, yeah. all we you were. guys were, were doing all the all the races, yeah. um, you know, in, in the States, really. You guys were yeah. forgetting about the Canadian. Uh, yeah, you know, we were friends. We're in the States, our sponsor. Uh, and it's just that myself, I just kind of was homesick a little bit by you know, left in the U. I left the over. I was racing overseas in the fall, and then going to the states from Jan to all the way May and June, and spending the summer in the U.S. chasing other U.S. nationals. Okay. So, you know, I wanted to, to to be back home once in a while. So that's why I did some Canadian races. But uh, uh, I never moved. I never bought a house in the U.S. Uh, that's probably one of the reasons why I was back in Canada. You know, once in a while. Yep. I didn't. You know, didn't. Make the move of, of moving um, full time in the U.S. Sort of, but uh, yeah, yeah, you you kind of like you would miss the odd race here and there, like whereas yeah. Jason Fernet and I were traveling buddies, and and you would yeah you yeah. would you would hit most of them, but you would miss here and there for Quebec provincials or, or yeah. stadium crosses or you know whatever whatever paid you money, whatever you know you yeah. wanted to go and represent. Uh, Ninety five, you switched to Honda. How come? What uh, what was the deal with that? Did you get some some support? Yeah, well, I was really close to a local dealership here that uh, was pretty heavy at Honda Canada. 
he was pretty heavy as a dealership, and he, he you know, he was uh, uh, out and not shy, you know, not very shy to walk into Hanukkah and knock on door and open door. So yeah, yeah. he was able to get me, you know, a bit of discount on bike in some parts. And, uh, and you know, I was, uh, I had red blood, you know, been yeah, a Honda yeah. guy. Uh, you know, my, you know, he was a local dealer. So my first, first motorcycle at, well, my first one was a PW50, like many yeah, yeah. of kid, uh, the right. kids. But after that, it was all XRs and, you know, uh, Honda, you know, tractor and lawnmower and name it. So, uh, and Honda Canada wanted to, you know, they wanted to, uh, the Montreal Stadium was really, really big back then, and mm-hmm. I was I was a pro guy, so they wanted, you know, some 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 red up front there, even if it was only one race in the, in the summer. So all that together, I came back to Honda, and I felt back then was was the bike to be on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the '90 the Hondas were yeah. you know, the Pretty best good. motorcycle in the '90s, that's for sure. So uh, yeah, all that together. Uh, Came back on Honda and raced Honda for many, many years. You got a sixth at Indianapolis in '95. You got a seventh at Charlotte uh, in '95 in the, in the 125 East Coast. Uh, okay. Altogether, you ended up 12th in the points, so that's pretty good. Um, 250 Motocross, you went, uh, you got 20th, but I'm sure you, looks like you missed some races. I'm just going off the uh, right. the vault. '97, uh, you got a ride with Jolly Rancher Suzuki, but basically you raced, uh, you barely raced. Uh, no. Did you turn I... your knee? What did you do? Uh, pretty much all the bad luck you can imagine. Yeah, I, uh, you barely raced. I remember that. I I got two surgery that's that went that year. Mm-hmm. I got uh, broke my scaphoid, and then I got surgery, and I dislocated my shoulder uh, many, time, uh, in that <laughs> many times. And then I got shoulder surgery. So anyway, I was off like ten months. I think I came back for the Montreal Supercross at the end of the year. So that was. <laughs> Was that a Chris Morgan deal? And it was a full-time U.S. team. Was it supposed yeah. to be? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was a big that was a bummer for me. That could have made a, make a big difference in in my U.S. career. I would say. Right. Uh, I, it was Chris Morgan from Canada, mm-hmm. with if I remember right, uh, Pat Alexander. Yeah. Yeah, from Suzuki. Yeah, from Suzuki. Uh, they put a deal together. Uh, uh, for for the state for the supercross and even for the outdoor, Chris Morgan was flying mechanics and uh, and bikes or mechanics and trailer and then Suzuki USA had the bikes contingency program expenses. It was great. It was a really good deal and I was working with uh, yeah with Chris and uh, Rick Runberg, which uh, was my mechanic the following year in in '98 when I uh, went private So. No, to me, nine, uh, 97 was the year to uh, to forget, let's say. Yeah, no, no, I didn't no. even race anyway. I think I raced two provincial yeah. and then the Montreal Super uh, Yeah, two nationals it has you written as racing, two nationals, okay. Um, okay. U.S. stuff. Um, so you were were you going to salary at that year a little bit? Uh, no. Well, no, okay. I, yeah. no, I think was enough to cover expenses yeah, for yeah. going to the races or maybe – the, to be honest, I think I have five thousand dollar, uh, <laughs> something like that. Right, but right. No, it was. Uh, of course, you also went from a '96 Honda to a '97 Suzuki, which which Mike LaRocco and McGrath and all those guys struggled with. You know. Yeah, yeah, it oh. was new. It totally, yeah, totally new bikes for sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I didn't, didn't, you know, nothing against the bikes. It was, it was me. I was just, yeah. I was uh, in bad shape. Uh, it didn't work out. So yeah, I, I first met you in '96. That's when I was hanging out with Fernet and got the job yep. with the PJ1 team. And you and him were were constantly putting right around the top tens. '98 uh, though, 
you switched to Cowies, like you said, uh, private. Mm-hmm. Now you're back as privateer. Did you get Cowie support in Canada, Cowie support in the USA? Because in 98, you really started coming into your own. Yeah. Uh, the deal was made in Canada because of uh, Ron Ashley at two, at two wheels yep. in Ontario and Guelph. Uh, because of him, for sure, uh, I got some good, you know, I got, I don't remember exactly the deal, but yep. it was, you know, some rebate on bikes in some parts. But Ron Ashley did the. Uh, did uh, did the job for with Cowie Canada? I never really was directly in touch with uh, Cowie Canada, but it was it was that dealership, and I was on my own. I had a box on. I was ready to hit the U.S. full time, mm-hmm. uh, and I bought I bought a Cowie in the states uh, from whatever dealer just to get the contingency uh, in the U.S. Yep, <laughs> and uh, a little bit of help. From Cowie USA. Oh, okay. I can't say I can't say I didn't get anything from them, uh, but I did get you know, some parts and uh, no nothing factory, but just uh, you know a couple parts here and there. But it was it was uh, it was hard, very very hard to me to get uh, to get good help. I would mm-hmm. say let's take, let's call it, and uh, and of course uh, back back then was not many U.S. Uh, foreigner rider in the U.S. If you look in the nineties it was uh, it was pretty much hundred percent American rider exception of uh, you know Bailey uh, Jean Michel Bell that came and yeah. uh, and one or two Frenchmen from France but uh, and that year I was a little bit you know a little bit disappointed of Katie of USA uh, Cowboy USA because uh, Magra- uh, Imig got mm-hmm. injured uh, Ryan Hoffman got injured uh, Sebastian Tortelli came and raced one or two Supercross and yeah. his factory his work Kate. KX was sitting in the in the semi every yeah, week, yeah. and I would look at it. I'm like, mm, I should be riding this bike. So, like, hey guys, uh, but, uh, yeah. you know, um, uh, hold on. That though. was a good year for sure. We gotta go. When did you? Was it the end of '97 with the race of champions, or the end, the end of '96? Yeah, '96. That yeah, the end of '96 okay. that I went to I race of champion and and really kick ass. That's myself and Jason Wygant always bring that up to Jeff Emig whenever we can. Uh, at least I do, anyways. Yeah. Uh, Emig wins the 250 national title. Uh, yeah. He's pretty much he slays McGrath. He's a, he's the best rider in in the world at that point. Yeah. You show up, this Canadian on a Honda, and what you beat him for three? I mean, to the last lap, couple laps to go. The last corner. Whoa! The I last fell, corner. I fell off in the last corner. I fell over. It was a. It was, uh, you see that, uh, you didn't, I, I don't know why you brought me this race. Every time I think about this thing, I'm, I'm a little mad because I, you know, it, uh, I beat him. I beat him, but not right. the result. You know, I beat yeah. him. I came into this, it was uh, just a big 180 going back down to the finish line. And it was like a hand-built, handmade built hill just so the, the track goes up. And because it's a flat ground there and it, it had some dirt and just, just to make this uh, this 180 horseshoe on the a bit like Vegas on right. the, in the stand, uh-huh. and some of the lapper were just you know laying down on their handlebar, just waiting for the leader to go by so they can you know they don't they want, didn't want to they do another do lap. lap. So, right, right. So I, I got to the top, and then in my mind, like I'm beating him. That's it. It's one one yeah. turn. I get yeah. on the inside because some lapper were on the outside line. Mm-hmm. So I got into the inside, and I was came a little too slow, and I fell over. On the hay bell, and the thing was off camber, not off camber, but like a big yeah, ball burn. Yeah, inside. Yeah, inside. Yeah, the ball and then burn. I got stuck into the bell there for like, I had like a three, four second lead on the Himmick. 
and then I saw off, and then he went around, and I got back, and when I, because it was it was a big high, pretty high when I fell down, and then I, you know, my shoulder was really weak, and it dislocated the shoulder there, so I put it back, and finished the moto in second, and uh, Ryan Hughes was there, he was like. You know, we we always talk about Emig, but Youth was there as well with his right. KX500 because uh-huh. he did the 500 class at the nation. Right. And he was like 30, 30 something, 20, 30 seconds behind. And the same way, I got finished second behind Emig. And, uh, you know, it's uh, after that, my shoulders started bugging me. I went overseas mm-hmm. and then dislocated my shoulder again. So when I started with Suzuki, my shoulder was weak. It was already not then, that good, yeah. right? right. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a big deal there. And then oh. I got a really good talk with uh, the Cow- the Kawasaki team manager back then, Bruce. Sternstrom? Bruce. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Yep. And then uh, a month later, like I had his business card. I was calling him. We were starting to work, you know, start work on, on the deal. And then he, uh, he retired, went to a mountain bike team or a mountain <laughs> bike company. So uh, yeah, no, that, was, that was a good race. And, oh wait, that uh, would have been Roy Turner, not Sternstrom. Oh uh, Roy, yeah, Roy, Roy, and then Bruce came and in. And then Bruce after. came in. Yeah, right, Roy right. Turner, exactly. He went to uh, I think Gary Fisher or, or like a big yeah, yeah. mountain bike company. Um, yeah, bummer. You were that close to beating yeah. Jeff Emig. Of course, Emig likes to tell the story about how he he was pacing you. He knew that he was he had you and. And he, he felt twice. <laughs> he had arm pump, I'm sure. Right. Well, they well, went, he went. You know, that's the end of his season. And yeah. now, now I've been a pro and a lot of experience. I understand that. He probably went to the nation, and after the nation, that's the only break, the only time off for these guys in the season. It's yeah. it's it's October, so I'm sure you hit the lake and the boat and all well, that comes with. And and, and you know, Cal would say, "Listen, you have to go to, to this race, and there's nobody there." And then I show up with uh, you know a three digit number and <laughs> with with a box van and and I was like just it was a weekend after Montreal Supercross I was at my peak. Yeah. He, so, well, uh, he um he also says you know late night in New York City the night before too. Oh, you know. Yeah, whatever. Um, uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, JSR that would have been awesome. That would have been epic. Um, yeah. But, uh, 98 though you uh, you get two top ten finishes in Supercross. You finish the series ninth overall outdoors. Seventeenth uh, in Supercross, you made almost every main. I think you probably missed a few races. As, as I usual. missed the first two rounds because yeah. I was racing in Germany. Um, but ninety-eight, yeah, number eighty. Um, yeah. you were killing it, dude. That was yeah. that may have been as a full privateer, like you said, some help here and there, but uh, basically a full privateer. You and Ranger Rick, uh, you, yep. you did great. That was that yeah. had to open some eyes up, and that got you a Planet Honda ride the next year, right? Yeah. No, '98 uh, to me was uh, was one of my best, uh, uh, one of my best season. No injuries, uh, back from a lot of injuries from '97 and surgery and all that crap. And I was focused on, on the outdoor in the U.S. My super supercross was never been. I think that's probably one of the reasons why I would say never really end up in the you know on the full factory team. And that in my age, because I was you know I was a little older mm-hmm. than everyone else. Uh, and uh, but outdoor in ninety in ninety eight I did you know I did some uh, I did some good result and and yeah. I love the outdoor uh, series because if you work good if you work hard and you're in better shape than everyone you can you know you can make some some statement there and the Cowie in ninety eight uh, really suited my my style and mm-hmm. it was a, it was a great outdoor bike uh, work out you know work out good for me never got injured through the season and and was able to train hard and travel. Traveled to most of the races with the yeah, with Rick uh, Ranger Rick, 
uh, we did a lot of mileage on that truck and, and hit, you know, many, many races. So that was a really good time there for sure. Uh, Planet Honda ride, was it the best thing you had? Was it the only thing you had after your season in 98? Did you have a few choices? And why did you go with Planet Honda and, uh, uh, and all that? I had the uh, – I was talking – came close with uh, – they had a new Yamaha team back then, uh, 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 one uh, Mach 1. Oh, Mach 1, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was 98 or 2000, and I had pretty much the, the contract at my house ready to go with that team, but it was it was a new team. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, well, if you remember the 90s, we've seen a few teams coming <laughs> in and out. Still do, yeah, right, yeah. 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 So, and I was, to be honest, was one of the reasons why I, I, I you know, didn't choose uh, to go with these guys. And Planet Honda was already uh, lined up, and it was Honda, which back then I was, you know, tattoo Honda still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And overall, was a great, uh, was a great deal. Uh, Chuck from. Uh, from the Planet Honda dealership in Michigan, yeah. uh, you know, called me personally, and then we made up. You know, we made up the deal. He came to the U.S. Open in '98 on Cowie. Saw me right there. I had the killer ride. I think I finished uh, second in the heat race, and then mm-hmm. hit the wall. Really hit the wall and knocked myself uh, before the main <laughs> event. But literally I was, hit uh, the wall, right? Yeah, I was really one of you know. I was in you know. I could have you know. No, I wouldn't say podium. I could have done you know top five there. Yep. Which was good for me for Supercross. Like I said, never been the an excellent supercross rider. So anyway, so Chuck uh, signed me up, signed me up for two years uh, back on Honda, a Michigan team, or East Coast team, which is closer to me. Yeah. Uh, and but I still wanted to go overseas and do some European races in the fall, so that I missed the first or second race of the season in '99, my first year with Planet Honda. Right. Did struggle a little bit with that new aluminum frame, the Honda aluminum frame. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. last time I was on Honda was '96. Right. And then seven and Suzuki, eight with Cowie, and back on the Honda. So it took me a while to uh, to get going with that bike. And hopefully uh, I raised a U.S. Outdoor Series, which was really my cup of tea. And mm-hmm. I did, uh, I think I got a fourth. That Unadilla back then, I was number 21. Yeah. Fourth or fifth uh, in Unadilla behind the window, not too far behind. So uh, it was a good good year for me 90, in 99 and 2000. Same thing with Planet. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would say 99 was better than 2000. 2000, I did struggle uh, a little bit with uh, with you know yeah. with my Supercross and. You went 510 at Unadilla. Uh, 510, like okay. yeah, in 99, which was yeah. I remember you ran. Did you were you running fourth? I think for a while. Yeah, um, I think I was running fourth for a while. Yeah, or for a long time. Windham Pass or something like that. But I was uh, right. you know I was. Getting close to the podium. Hey, you always did good at Unadilla, though, on every bike, like all the time. Yeah. You love it. No, you're bike. right. Yeah. Uh, I think in 10th, I think I've crashed with, uh, I crashed with Damon Hoffman off the start, and I started dead last, if I remember right. Yeah. Because I was by really good weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Unadilla was really physical, was, was an animal track. You have to hammer it. You have to, you know, mm-hmm. choose some line and really give it. And like I said, I've always been a good, Right. Better outdoor guide in Supercross, so uh, but and of course a couple of fans uh, around and and closer to home, less traveling and all that. You know, yeah, yeah, you felt different. sleep in your own bed at night, like a, yeah. you know the night after yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. You uh, did you make? It's safe to say that ninety nine two thousand the most uh, lucrative years for you, money wise. I mean, or was it later uh, on? No, no, Canada. Oh. When I came back to Canada, it was uh, oh okay, all right. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so yeah, 99, 2000, Planet Honda. Um, teams, a li- I remember you were always like there was, you went through a lot of teammates. They were shuffling guys in and out. Yeah. You were like their, their rock uh, on the pro grip gear. Um, uh, you were their, their best guy probably each year, but there was a lot of teammates around yeah. you at different times. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, it was a team run by uh, a dealership, uh, yeah. run by Chuck, uh, uh, a nice guy that was uh, really, really, I mean, he was he was a bit older and he was still a young guy that he could have raced pretty yeah. much some of the pro race. Cause he was racing in Michigan. He was really intense guy, and the team, you know, his humor was up and down sometimes. He would right. show up and being, you know, he was so close of being a racer, a pro racer, that he felt like he's like, "Come on, guys, you guys can do more, better than this." And you know, it was not just a owner or a team manager that show up and and you know, uh, you know, make it happen. But this guy wanted to be on our bike. Sometimes he wanted to get dressed and go race a freaking main event for us. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so I think with his humor being up and down. And owning a store, uh, the owner of the store that maybe the sales goes up and down sometimes. Right. And some of time the season's got more budget. We can go testing. We can do more and more. Maybe some bad you know month at the store. Uh, he would show up to the race, and then uh, maybe because of the bad sales or something, he would say, "Oh, you know, we're cutting this and this." So maybe one of the reason why there was it was a bit of a mm-hmm. you know they were yeah. changing, uh, and uh, you know we had some support from Honda, but nothing really really. I would say. Yeah. And uh, but you know, to me, it was a good experience. Of course, uh, I really start making. You know, if we want to talk about money, yes, I really start making money there. Uh, in '99 and 2000, with then I had a, you know had a salary. Yep. Uh, coming into you know, my bank account every month. Uh, this is when I really start making money and, and investing in my apartment. It's you know big big. Uh, Part of of Chuck uh, and Honda back then, uh, I you know I start my business at home with that money and and the U.S. money right. uh, was, was was yeah worth, pretty strong right yeah, yeah. buck uh, yeah. In yeah the exchange rate making was a thousand bucks a weekend that was fifteen hundred dollar Canadian and the lifestyle in Canada was cheaper so it was good money it yeah. was really uh, really good money and uh, it was a I mean did, did really you... good experience. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show brought to you by BTOsports.com, presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com to help out PulpMX.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. X podcast show is brought to you by btosports.com whether you are looking for new gear helmets boots or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up bto is your source for all of your motocross needs as a proud sponsor of the bto sports ktm race team and the heart of the bto sports amateur motocross team it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store we support the sport that supports us, us. we at bto sports want to give back to you the listener for supporting us and the racer x podcast show use coupon code Pulp MX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. 
for 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. Did you do any Canadian Nationals uh, Planet Honda yeah. days? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So we, actually, we brought the semi truck in the Barrie, Ontario. Oh, okay. North of Toronto. Yeah. I've uh, been there. I yeah. got Chuck. I said, Colin, you should bring, because, you know, he was doing a bit of business in, in Ontario. Right. Because his dealership was in Detroit, which is right across the border. Mm-hmm. So he brought the, he brought the semi truck and he brought uh, uh, one of my teammates, uh, Jason uh, McCormick. McCormick. McCormick, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and uh, we raced. Uh, back then, we were doing four motos, so two 125 motos and two 250 motos. And I did race a few Nash. I think one year, actually, in 2001 or no, 2009 or 2000, I raced five, uh, five weekend out of seven, and I came close to a five point from winning the championship oh, in really? Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Marco Dubé won. I think I was pretty close uh, by doing uh, only five rounds. I was racing every weekend. If you uh, did Dubok, remember that. did Dubok beat you? Remember when Dubok won the Canadian title in a four-stroke? Yeah, he, he, I raced against him in Alverton, yeah. which is close to my house. He beat me first moto, I beat him second oh, moto. Okay. I think so we, bo- we never raced really bar to bar because he crashed one moto, I won, and then I did crash myself second moto, and he won. Ah, okay. Yep. And uh, I never raced him for a full series. I don't, yeah, no, I never yeah. raced. He, he won in 2000, and then I got up. I got here in 2001. So in uh, in '02 was it time to uh, time to start coming home? Was that the Blackfoot yeah. Honda just basically wanted you, offered you a good deal? Uh, the U.S. stuff. Actually, it was '01. Was it '01? Okay. Yeah. '01. I raced Planet '99, Suzuki '97, Cowie '98. Uh, yeah, '98, and then signed for Planet Honda in '99, 2000, and then I signed with. Uh, Blackfoot. With Blackfoot in 2001, and I remember right, I had uh, an offer from Yamaha in the States in 2001 as well uh, to go race for that Mac 1 team, actually. Oh, okay, I, so that was... Yeah, yeah. So. Or, and I came close, you know what, I, I was talking to uh, Rick at uh, Factory Connection, Oh yeah, Rick Ziggy, Ziggy. Yep, Ziggy. Uh, and I was talking to, I forgot the team manager at Troy, at Yamaha of Troy. It would have been Dean uh, Baker, maybe? Dean, yeah. exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah, exactly, Dean. Uh, if you talk to these two guys, uh, I see uh, them all the time. Yeah, right. Right. I did. Uh, I did talk with those guys. I came pretty close, close for a deal with uh, actually with you know, with Honda, and then close with Troy too. Uh, I was. I had a test uh, planned at 
Big Empton with Honda. I talked to Ziggy the night before, and they yep. had this, this rainstorm, and he canceled. He said, don't drive here. We're not going to test it. It's not worth oh, it. Oh, no way. And then, yeah, and then uh, time went by. Uh, he presented me at the Honda back then, like, okay, this is the list of rider I want. We want JSR, and yep. the reply I got is well, I was too old. The guy, Ricky, wanted me bad because he worked with uh, Mike LaRocco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he knew that, you know, age didn't really matter. Right, you know? right, right. But I guess that Honda, they want a younger guy. And then at Yamaha, they sign, uh, they sign uh, that Aussie guy, not to Mike read, Fa- but Mike his Farland. cousin. Anderson. Oh, uh, Anderson. Yeah. Anderson, yeah. Yep, yep. They sign him instead of me. So, uh, And then the Honda, I was talking very close with uh, Jason Mitchell. He came with, uh, <clears throat> with big money from Honda. Honda wanted, for some reason, decide to go racing in Canada. Yeah. But a semi... Uh, they had all those sponsors, and Honda had, you know, they got their checkbook out for for Blackfoot, and I made a two years deal with Honda with Blackfoot, but uh, they were going to go to the states and do some Supercross with me. Yeah, that was pretty so, cool of them. Yeah, yeah, they didn't they didn't need to do that. That's for sure. Yeah, you know. So, uh, and I had like a base salary. I was racing in Canada. I was a little bit, uh, you know, I felt that, you know. After they told me I was too old, and I was getting, I think I was 28. Yeah. Uh, in in 2001, so it is, it's a bit old in can in, in the states, you know, mm-hmm. but for 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 motocross. Uh, so I felt, yeah, I felt that uh, okay, I'm gonna, you know, maybe sad to say, but yeah, I'm gonna cash in. Yeah, your and, dream in Canada. Your dream was over of getting a, a top factory ride in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. But with that support, I knew I was able to to go down in the states and still hit some U.S. national like I did mm-hmm. uh, many times from 2001 to 2005. Yeah. So uh, overall, was uh, was a great deal. Uh, Money wise, was 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 by far my best year. You know, 2001 to 2006, it was you know I. You know, I, I did very well uh, money-wise. Invest everything in my apartment building, like everything. Never bought a car. I never bought a house. Uh, just put money into my uh, my real estate company. So, uh, yeah, it was it was good. I think I was ready for that. And then, uh, yeah, um, yeah, and and actually, in '01, you raced three U.S. nationals, and you got 13th, a 10th, and a 17th. So nothing like you're still on top yeah. of your game. You know. Yeah, I got. Uh, I think I got. No, I think I'm positive. I have. I got an old shot at Mont Morris on the way back, uh, driving right. back to the first Canadian round with my pickup truck and my practice bike. I sign up at at, at Mont Morris, got a whole shot, yeah. finished fifth. Yeah. And then another moto finished whatever for sixth overall. So I got a top privateers back then. I don't know if it's still like this at the Yemi, but back then, if you were a privateers winning the top privateers. You would cash like a fifteen hundred dollar check for the privateers, and then I won a kick. The the Cowboy Monster were giving bikes away, so I won like a kick, <laughs> uh, or a little fifty yeah, or yeah. seventy or hundred ten or something. So, right. you know, I was cashing good money and and getting a good warm up for Canadian National, and still living the dream of, of racing the U.S. National, even if I was not in the semi truck. And uh, I think you had Heath Voss as teammates for Supercross, right? For Blackfoot? Yep. Right? Yeah, Heath Voss and two, Mike Craig in 99. Oh, how was that? How was which, Mike Craig? Uh, which, was, <laughs> which, was good, which was interesting uh, after the race. Right. He uh, uh, was a really nice guy. I, I learned, uh, I learned quite, as far as motocross, the skill, I learned a lot with him and, and teammate with him. I trained with him uh, on our Supercross track many times. The guy is... Uh, 
was an ex exceptional writer, yeah. uh, super talented, and a super nice guy. Likes to help out and give me, you know, give me trick tips and here and there. Uh, his, uh, you know, his private life is, is for sure uh, different than mine. Right. But <laughs> no, overall, Mike, I, I had good time with him. Seriously, if I run out to him, I all chat for for right. for hours with him. He's a really cool guy. Uh, and uh yeah, you race we raced actually came to Canada in yeah. two thousand one. Yeah, didn't, won some didn't, didn't some show up video. for the, didn't show up for the last round or something. He was in in a points race and he just yeah, didn't I think even... he forgot his, his, his driver's license or, or no, he didn't uh, have any driver's license. He couldn't forget that. He forgot his passport or something. Passport. He couldn't go across the border or something um, like that. I remember O two, I was working for Nick Way, uh yep. Auto Triple X. You it was yep. Way, you and Voss, we were all going for top privateer that year. Uh, yeah, and, we battled, actually. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, that's right. You were working for him. I was. Right. I was working for the enemy yeah. because I really wanted to. I always yeah. cheered for you. You know what I mean? I was being <laughs> Canadian, but then I didn't cheer we for did you. Battle. We did battle. We did battle many years, myself and uh, and Way with Nick and yeah. then Hoffman, Damon Hoffman, Ed Voss, those three guys. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, do you remember Do you remember when uh, Frenette and I stayed at your house in 96, 90? In the summer between uh Yeah, I forget which races, but we went to a local race, and I think you got a flat, but Frenette and Mathis beat you at a local oh. race. Oh, yeah. Very big deal. <laughs> we're very, very excited. And remember the, I remember you guys at my house, but I don't remember right. which race we did. Uh, and you had the, the, the Brazier bar? There was a bar by your house called the Bra oh. Bar or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actonville? <laughs> and is that where Frenette got on the bar? And, yes, and, uh, yes. <laughs> and drop the pants down. Yes, that is that is the bar. Yeah, right, exactly. And I remember you had to um you had to like talk to the owners or something. Oh, be like, yeah, look, he's yeah. with me. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, exactly. And then for some reason, for the last after that, when you guys left for the following two years, I would always have always had some friend and, and people from town coming to me. Yeah, yeah. Where's your buddy that uh, dropped his pants down right. at the bar? Ah, oh, uh, Jason. Yeah, Jason. Yeah. Good oh, nice guy. Good times. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, now in uh, in Canada, you started coming up, and you were obviously winning a lot. But uh, Blackfoot hired Damon Huffman, and yeah. I forget who was on the two stroke and who was on the four stroke. But it was a little interesting to see that. Yeah. Uh, the first, I think, the first year we were both on two stroke, and then the second because he came for two seasons. Okay. And the second his second season he was on a four stroke, and I was still on a two stroke. And and you managed uh, to beat him though, which at the time we didn't know it at the time about how much of an advantage they were. Like we always, yeah. you know, in bench racing we were like, ah, oh, what's better? What's better? Who knows? Yeah. But it, it's and actually especially for a guy like uh, like Damon that was such a call him a surgeon. He was yeah. just perfect. He was riding like. Uh, you know, he's riding so smooth. So, so the four-stroke was really good, best bike for him. And uh, yeah, he was a uh, you know he was a good. Uh, right. But looking he, looking back on that, I think you deserve more credit because we didn't know how much better those four strokes were. But now we know. Yeah, uh, well, good job. I'm not sure if that bike, that first 450, was as good as as they are right now. I mean, no, they're, I mean right now they're better. But I mean, yeah. I don't think it was. That much, that much of it, but it was, uh, it was a bit of a faster bike for sure, and uh, especially the track. The first model was always a challenge, try to beat in because track was pretty smooth. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and uh, always easier for me to beat him uh, during the second mode of the day when the track gets uh, got pretty rough, you know. Yeah, you uh, but, you went home in uh, '01. You won the t- full time. You won the title '01, '02, '03, '04, '05. JSR, you're just racking up the racking up the titles. No matter who, the, no matter who they brought up, always you know all the teams were bringing up different guys, and it was always just you on the uh, yeah. on the on the top at the end. So that that was uh, pretty good for Blackfoot, pretty good for you to to go up and dominate. Yeah, I always thought it was pretty funny too. You showed up at High Point in 05 on a two stroke, and you hole shot, and then you finished on the eight- 04 on the 04 CR four. Oh, was it? O- it was an 04. It was a practice bike <laughs> from the year before. You go eleven six. That the last U.S. national you ever rode, you finished yeah. eighth overall. Like talk about kind of going up on out on top, eighth yeah. overall with the, on a two stroke back then. Yeah, those that track. Uh, I mean, I really. You guys in the states got. I mean, the best the best motocross track. Uh, I mean, I've ever rode on it, and, and Red Bud, yeah. Red Bud, Bud's Creek, and Mount Morris. Those three tracks to me are by far the best track. That I ever that I ever raced on, and going to Mount Morris, uh, going up and down those hills is just that. Uh, you know, when you have fun and you feel good on the bike, you, yeah. you, it's just it, you know, it's a. You know, I just had a good feel. I just got some good start. I came back from training with Ricky and spending time at the, at GPS uh, down in Florida. Everything mm-hmm. was on the roll. I was going up in Canada for for. Uh, for vacation for the summer yeah, yeah. to race, you know, to race us, you know, only eight rounds of the national, which was nothing like, you know, racing a U.S. nationals. So I'm like, okay, let's do this round in the U.S. Uh, and and let you know, let's push hard to see you know where I am. And mm-hmm. bang, I got you know, uh, and of course, yeah, I was racing against all the 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 the, the four strokes, but my bike was good. Like you know, I was I had seriously I had a you know, 2004 mm-hmm. CR 250. We were in 2005, but it was my last year, like kind of spare race bike. Yeah. So it was in good shape. I practiced with Ariki on nice days. Like I saved that bike for you know, for for good days, <laughs> right. for good practice days. I had two practices, like one for the mud and one for. So that bike was in good shape, but it was nowhere near. You know, remember getting passed by uh, by Stewart going uphill on right. his KX 250. It's like. Felt like I was in second year and he was going by in fifth. So right, right. his bike, you know. But uh, no, it was a good time, and 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 I'm I'm glad that we can see. Uh, probably I can find that race on the on the video on the DVD somewhere, so I can show my kid when he's old enough that I was a I was a good I was a good motocross fighter. You're like, look it, look it. Um, oh, yeah. so you don't so you don't have it. You don't have it. No, I don't. I mean, I. We gotta get it for I you gotta, somehow. Yeah, I'll find it somewhere one day when yeah. it's time to uh, when I get nostalgic and uh, I want to watch it. Yeah, although you you don't uh, you don't seem to me to be a guy who who looks back too much, you know. No, I well, I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing, but uh, to be honest, I you know I, I looking back right now, I'm I'm a bit mad at myself that I didn't ask for for some of these guys' jersey. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I, got, right, I think right. I got Jeremy's jersey. I've got Stefan Everts jersey, and I've got Emic's jersey because I was talking to these guys, and to me they were they were cool guys. Yeah. Uh, yes, they were champion, and, and but to me they were nice guy. Yeah. And then I got Travis's t-shirt at jersey because I you know hang out with him for a while, went to his house, a couple of things like that. But yeah. and then myself, I kept a couple of helmets. Yeah. And, and I start keeping my riding suit and my gear. 
uh, maybe in 2001 or two. So from the Planet Hunter days, I might have one or two jersey, and that's about it. Maybe one helmet, no bikes, yeah, uh, yeah. not many, you know, yeah. pictures and stuff like that. But uh, but the thing is, to remember too that back in the days, like we didn't have cell phone and and digital cameras, so it was hard to, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, keep all the keep, yeah, keep all the memories. You always um, like on track walk time. Obviously, uh, like I said, we've known each other for a long time. I used to see you chat. You were one guy that like you chatted with the Frenchies, Tortelli and DV yeah. and those guys. You chatted with McGrath, the cool SoCal guys. Um, you know RC. Somehow you and uh, RC, who's a bit of a hillbilly, you know from Florida. You guys <laughs> connected. Like you, you seem to get along with everybody, uh, top riders. And I guess because you know you raced. Uh, all over in Europe for years and years. You yeah. raced in America for years. Everybody kind of respected you. you. You seem to get along with everybody. Yeah, uh, I'm still uh, just like in, in my you know, private life right now. I, I'm I'm you know friend with a, a lot of different uh, people from older poor guy to older rich guy to young. You know, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if I explain it right, but I, I'm you know easy going with I can talk with you know let's say the president of KTM Canada and mm-hmm. talk to to me I respect uh, and that's not you know I'm not smarter than, than someone else I think it's my mom my parents that teach me yeah. uh raise me like that and and when, while racing in the states I was not very uh, dirty on the track so that probably helped too to be to yeah. be friend with uh I should have been a little more dirty on the track because I could have seriously I could have done probably better result in the Supercross. I was really Mister Nice Guy, but you know you don't change someone like uh, yeah. you know like that. So I think the fact that I respect you know I was respecting everybody. I was talking you know I was friend friend with lots of mechanics from different teams and yep. just you know like I was a well you know me I'm a guy who you know like to enjoy life as well and and. Uh, and oh, it was uh, like I said. I if I if I someone asked me if I'm missing racing, I would say no because yeah. I'm not missing that. I've done it enough, and I'm you know. But I would you know for sure I'm missing a little bit of the 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 friend and, and the, the you know the good buddies that I had in the states and going to the pits and walking the track and chatting with you know yeah. guy from Australia, guy from France, talking with you know a U.S. guy, California. You can notice the difference between you know the West Coast little punk yeah. kid compared to the, <laughs> the, the, the Doug Henry from the East and John yeah, Dow yeah. that are totally different attitude. But, you know, so uh, that, uh, saying that, uh, every time I go back to U.S. race, it is uh, fun to walk around and, and see some of these guys are still around and, and still working hard on, on you know, on bikes, which a lot of the mechanics are still around from back uh, our, back in our days. Eh? For sure. Uh, 06, Clat beats you. The, the, the rain is over. Uh, I went to a couple races that year, and you rode great. Uh, Dusty was just—I uh, don't know if, like, if I don't think you slowed down. It was just a phenomenal year by Dusty. Yeah, he uh, he was on the roll. Just yep. Dusty has won the ninety uh, two thousand four and two thousand five uh, one twenty five or where two fifty F MX two championship. Uh, he was young, younger than me. Uh, he didn't get hurt in during the off season, mm-hmm. which uh, which I did. I crash I crashed many times tried to adapt to this the big four stroke. Oh, okay. I went from yeah, two yeah. stroke to four stroke. Uh which I should have stayed on a two stroke. And then in two thousand six I, I struggled a little bit to adapt to mm-hmm. the, the big bike and Dusty did I mean did very well. He had yeah. killer starts every weekend. Uh he, his corner speed was better than me. 
uh, and uh, and he did work on his fitness. Uh, if you talk to him, he will tell you straight that he that was his best uh, year as far so. as fitness wise. Yeah. Uh, because I I did push him. You know, I was pushing him the last you know, until the last second of yeah. the moto. Yeah, you guys had some but, good battles. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he beat me straight that year, and, and after that, uh, you know, I'm not saying that I, I didn't give up. I just, uh, like I said, I kept working hard. But I was getting, I was 32 years old, 33, yeah, yeah. Uh, injuries, many injuries. Tried to, you know, fight that. Got a knee surgery, ACL replacement. I was off, you know, for five months in the winter, mm-hmm. four months. So all that together. I got a thumb surgery, same as Timmy. Remember Timmy when he, he stretches yeah. his thumb like that? Yeah, designations, we did it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ski injury, you call it, or something? Yep. I got the same thing, which was, I think, 2006 or 2007. During the off-season, I got that mm-hmm. surgery. I got that fixed. Uh, so a few little you know, injuries, yeah. like old buddy was getting a little beat up. So I was not at my peak, and Dusty came in, and, and it was on the roll. Did very well, won a lot of moto and won the championship. So did you? Did you have trouble adapting to the Yamaha after that year? Uh, I was still trying to adapt to the four stroke, my Honda, <laughs> yeah, right, and then right. I switched to Yamaha, which was <laughs> right. was a totally different bike, and uh, you know lost the front end so many times on these bikes and, and cracked some ribs because I land on my. Uh, you know, you lose the front end, and when you crash, you like you stretch your arm and then you yeah. hit the ground, so the ribs are exposed. Cracked some ribs in the winter before the 2007 season on Yamaha, so I missed a you know, couple of months. Right. Uh, not a couple of months, a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, crash and crack a vertebrae and all that. I had, you know, tough time. But I still felt at the first round, I felt that I was, you know, able to win that championship, you know, no problem in my mind. Yeah. And then Carpenter was there that was, you know, he was, he was, you know, he was fast, but he was beatable. Yeah. And, uh, I went to a local race in the summer, and uh, you know, very very little mistake, but it cost me uh, two minutes and forty five seconds of my life. I was out for two minutes and forty. Really? Oh, I don't yeah. remember that. I, yeah. I remember you so getting I hurt. But, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I missed. Uh, I didn't go back on the bike. I missed uh, three weekends in the summer of yeah. two thousand seven. Oh, wow. Came back. Yeah. Came back and won uh, pretty much every round until the, I came back two rounds to go and I won. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. But uh, after that, I uh, made the oh. call. Wow, you were. Uh, yeah, I went to a local oh, race. The track Jesus. was like hard, like uh, it's Lake Elsinore. You know, mm-hmm. guy, I'm sure all you guys know that. Uh, yeah. That track, if you fall off there, you. So I just lost the front end. Uh, really, you know, really, little mistake, and not nothing. I was not pushing. I was just there on a Sunday morning cruise to do. It was 25 minutes from my house. Show up there with pickup truck and two bikes. And uh, just lost the front end coming into the corner, but land on my head, Jeez. on the side of my head, and yeah. knocked me out cold. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Uh, hey, you, little bittersweet for you. Your final race ever, yeah. 2008 Montreal Cross. Um, you, you're a hero at Montreal. You've won many times. Um, you, were, well, you were more than a hero. You were pretty much Jesus um, at Montreal <laughs> Supercross. You have to go to the LCQ. You win yeah. you to make the main event. Now you win the final main event of your career, the final race of your career in front of your hometown fans. But our buddy Blair Morgan, uh, yeah. effect, you know, paralyzed himself earlier that day in practice. So definitely a bittersweet ending for you, right? I mean, you're happy, you're pumped, but yeah. our, you know, your friend is is never going to walk again. Yeah, no, that was uh, for sure. This, that weekend was just uh, 
right. a really real coaster for for Blackfoot team. Yep. And for for myself, uh, for you know, for my personal mechanic Andrew McLean back then, Joe was kid. That was the the, the chief and you know team mm-hmm. manager and and all that. So we all had like you know. Uh, happiness and then uh, of course on Sunday morning was uh, was a tough uh, tough wake up call. I don't think I slept that night to be honest. Yeah. Uh, from from I had it like going to the bar after, but then going straight to the hospital right. at seven thirty in the morning. Yeah. Like you know, went to the hotel for an hour and then I said I'm gonna go. You know, and which I spent the two the following ten days after that. Until he uh, did you really, huh? Wow. Yeah. Until yeah. he. Well, I was there every two days. Like yeah. I was there there for two days, yep. went back for a day. So and then they took him off. Uh, yeah, ten days later on a, on a private uh, private uh, plane. So, uh, but no, it was uh, tough. Tough day. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was uh, you know to this day. If I remember that weekend, it's uh, it is great. But in the same, yeah, it was you know of course for myself, for the family, for everybody, everyone, my friend, my you know. Mm-hmm. People on my side, they're like, because it could have been, you know, it could have been me. Well, that's, we were, yeah. We, yeah, we were the same. We were the same age. We had kids. I mean, to be honest, Blair was, uh, is, I'm not, well, he's not that, you know, Blair is, uh, you know, a greatest, probably the greatest, uh, one of the greatest Canadian riders as well as me and Ross and, and, and yeah. a few other kids, uh, Colton and these kids, you know, at this day he was not super popular in the super in the motocross world because the guy was was kicking ass on sled during the winter. Yeah. But if he would have been a full time motocross guy, uh, for sure he could have done uh, you know uh, a lot better. Uh, he could have you know won championship and and did well in the states, do well in the states as well. So. Well, that's just it too. Like it, it totally could have been you. It was kind of an innocent crash. It was on a dragon back, yeah. and you know what I mean. Like it was going to be his last race too. Yeah, so, he was. Uh, he wanted yeah. to. I think he wanted to stop. Uh, he had a deal. He wasn't sure if he was going to keep going in ninety nine in two thousand nine. Right. But uh, he, we talk about that that he was going to stop. Yeah, if it was yeah. not at the end of this year, it was. A, it was for sure, for sure, two thousand nine. Yeah. Said, you know, that's it. Uh, that was going to be it. So the same for me. He says, yeah, I'm uh, sick of traveling and then uh, the kids and being home. You know, being away all the time. So. Right. But uh, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, it's, was that, uh, it's life, and there's the. Well, is that was that your favorite Montreal ever? I mean, obviously, maybe not because of the Blair thing. Was there a Montreal Supercross that stood out for you um, as uh, the best one? I mean, geez, you you had so many great yeah. races there. Yeah, uh, well, of course you remember the year you know that you win. Uh, my first one in '96, uh, one in '96 was 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 really really emotional because. You know, it's like a, a local California guy winning Anaheim one. Yeah, know, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a big deal. Which is you know, normal. Uh, 90, uh, 2008, yes, to be in the last race, and I, I knew I was not going to do it again. And to me, I never really did a big announcement saying that I was going to retire. But yeah. you know, I told my friend and family and close sponsor, you know, that's it. I'm, you know, that's my last race. So I will probably remember that one. First of all, it's the last one, so it's easier <laughs> easier to remember the last race. But I had some, you know, with actually with you know with Nick. We had some good battle in Montreal. I had some good battle with John Dowd. I had some, you know, some good uh, racing in the past in Montreal. But I would say this last one for sure, uh, for sure to me was uh, was a big yeah. deal. Um, yeah, and you're going to the LCQ too. Can you imagine if you didn't qualify yeah. for your final Montreal <laughs> Supercross? Oh my God, that could have. Oh. I think I think there's a promoter choice to be honest. Oh, was there? Uh, okay, yeah. So but, you would have made but, it, right? Yeah, but just yeah, going to. I think to these day. Uh, 
there's still uh, uh, to this day there's still guys that uh, I hear nobody told me straight uh, in my face but there's guys that think that that was arranged oh uh, that was fake the I paper heard... that was a uh, I heard that you knew when the gate or the rubber band was going to go or whatever. I heard that, yeah, but I don't believe gate. it. But the gate yeah. that you heard yeah, what, what not second? the rubber band, the, the gate. I forget. I, I don't know if it was rubber band even back then. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> anyways, hey. yeah, I heard that you you yeah. you knew that, but I don't I don't believe it, JSR. Yeah, so I, yeah. But no, there was thanks, that there thanks. was that conspiracy theory for sure. Yeah, exactly. No, uh, the, the the way the start was made uh, uh, was built uh, the outside. Was 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 still possible mm -hmm. because the gate there was a really long start. So as soon as you get a longer start, like it gives a chance the outside guy to do it yep. to get the whole shot. Uh, just real quick, the fact that I didn't, I had to go to the last chances. I felt that I crashed on the start. I think I crashed on the start, lost the front end in the first or second corner of the qualifier, and it smashed uh, the pipe. Oh, like okay. it squeezed yep. the pipe. And the bike was really, really slow. Like he was like running, like you know, without uh, you know the exhaust was totally uh, yeah, yeah. screw. So I had to go to the last chance, and then I got into the last chance. Of course, all shot, and but it gave me a bad pick on yeah. the gate. But when I pushed the bike to the gate, uh, just to uh, if there's still uh, if there's still people believing that the gate uh, <laughs> dropped, uh, I knew I got I pushed the bike on the starting line, and I had the choice to go left or right, like yep. all the way in or all, all the way, way out. Yep. I was going to go all the way in, but then the guy in front of me decided to go in, so I had no more, more gates in the front, in the, no more gate into the inside yeah, yeah. because of the guy in front, so there's no way you can arrange that. Anyways, I went to the right. I'm like, and I told myself and the mechanic, I'm like, screw that. I'm going to hold shot. I'm going right. to hold it pin. Yeah. I'm going to miss that first corner or I'm going to hold shot. <laughs> Either one, right. You're so, going to uh, <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, a story, a true story is, uh, I, well, you know me, you work, uh, you know, you work around me. I'm hard worker and I, I put everything I have to, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't like regret. And I understand that a long time ago in my life. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to train as hard as I can for that race because I don't want to, uh, uh, not winning the race because I'm tired the last lap and being passed because that's, I'm going to hang myself, it's the case. Yeah. And then I'm going to practice so many starts. I've practiced so many starts during the week uh, that when I got to the race on Saturday, on Saturday morning, I still had a doubt in my mind. I'm an hour and five minutes away. I got up at 8.30 on Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. I drove home. I called my dad on the way back, on the way home. I said, Dad, I'm going to go practice more starts. Ah. I don't feel good. He's like, what? what? So you're coming here? I said, yeah. <laughs> I came here. I dressed. Got my bike out. I went to my track. I practiced 50 start. Went back to the garage. Dropped the bike there. The day of the Supercross. The stadium. The day went of the for the first practice. <laughs> wow. So Jeez. when that gate drop on Saturday night yeah. for the main event, you... I knew it was my last race. Oh, I had the, my bike was a rocket. That Yamaha 450 that Andrew built me. That thing was super fast. And I knew exactly what to do. I practiced, you know, 65, 60 start that day. 50 at my house, 10 yeah, at the track. Yeah. Oh, who knew that? So, That's a good story. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, you know, I don't really say that at the bar with, you know, drinking with my buddy just to be, you know, proud of that. But I just, I'd like to say it because I did work right. my whole career. I worked a little harder than, than you know, yeah. I was a lot of people just to compensate it for, uh, you know, for, for uh, I would, not, not a lack of talent, but to compete yeah. with the best U.S. guy, like, you know, compete with the, we, the U.S. Supercross guy, I had to just work, you know, you know, try to work a little harder. Not that I, 
you know, I was not doing the perfect training all the time. I know I was training too much or sometimes wrong because I didn't really know. Yeah, yeah. Too, too much. Like I said, I learned, I've learned a lot by racing in the U.S., but when 2008 came uh, in the Supercross, I was just a lot of experience made me, uh, made me win that race, I would say, experience um, and, and hard work. Yeah, Fernet and I used to joke about you not having any fun and you not not enjoying well. it. And then, but then we, but then we got uh, we we went to Germany, um, yeah. and we saw you having fun in Germany uh, in, Dor- yeah, yeah. in Dortmund. We're like, oh, look at JSR, he's letting loose. Um, oh, yeah. well, remember what guys? year was Dortmund? What year did you go there? Oh, that would have been oh, oh man. We're getting old, dude. Yeah, I think yeah, that was. Yeah, I think exactly. it was. I think it was yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, I think Germany. It was... Germany was more. I think the European. Real quick, I don't know if you have time, but real yeah, quick, the time. European yeah. uh, series, the German series, was much more relaxed. Yeah. And it was really fun for riders and and actually and mechanic to to, to follow that series. It was uh, much less stress than the U.S. Of course, less money, less less riders, yeah. so the whole thing make it a bit more. Uh, did you ever win it? The title? I won Dortmund. Yeah, I won Dortmund. Not the series. Oh, not Germany. the series. Okay, yeah, but you won Dortmund. Yeah. I won Dortmund in '96 or '5 or '6 with against the LSEs and, the, and these guys. I won a car actually there. They give they, they, they were giving a, a, a Toyota, whatever, like a Tercel or Prius or mm-hmm. for three days of racing. So that was a, that was probably my most. Uh, the money that I the, the weekend that I made the most money um, when I won that uh, that race uh, in Germany. But yeah, European races were were fun to do. Do you remember the uh, at Dortmund they had that bar underneath and they, the guys would bring the chainsaws into the bar and just uh, wide open. Yeah. You're like, stop it yeah. with the chainsaws. Yeah, um, they had the chainsaw into the fence into the stands, yeah. right? And the chainsaw without, of course, without the, the chain. Right. And, the, yeah, the and they put a silent, not a silent, so remember they put like a, a funnel. A megaphone into, or something, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> into the muffler, so when they, they, they start that thing, it oh. just sounds so loud. And one weekend I missed, uh, talking about Dark Moon, I missed the main event, mm-hmm. and I went to sit down uh, in the stand uh, to watch the main event with a beer, my hand, of course, yeah, in right. Germany, you have to drink beer if you yeah. watch races there. Yeah. The guy next to me, and that's, that's no joke, the guy, you remember those big horns? Like everybody's carrying the yeah. horn that uh, the U.S. Uh, yeah, the Velusas or whatever, Velusas yeah. or something. Yeah. When, they call the meet, when they call the writers' meeting. So it's not allowed in the U.S. or in Canada into the fans in the stand. But in Germany, everything's allowed, the chainsaw, and those little arm, but this guy next to me in Germany, whatever year it was, the guy brought, swear to God, he brought his little toolbox <laughs> with him, and he had this this uh, welding tank, which was probably a five-gallon tank, like almost like if you go scuba dive, right. a little right. smaller than that. It was zip-tied to the, we were against, we were the first row, so against the, the fence, yep. the, the, the railing. Yep. He zip tied that, and then he started building his. He had a full on, like a probably 12, 20 inches long horn, hook up with a hose, like a welding hose that goes all the way to his tank. And when it was time to to turn that thing on, he just turned the valve on, and not he didn't have to push a button like you a just, hand yeah, one. Yeah, just he valve just turned on, on the valve. Off. And dude, that whole place was. Oh. It was so crazy. So German races, uh, uh, seen, they were I've seen it all there. Yeah, they were fun. I remember uh, somebody threw their pants into the crowd, oh, and, I, and two fans were fighting over it, like pulling one leg each. And then another yep. guy from above just reached over and cold cocked the other guy. 
So then the other guy, so he let go of the pants. The other guy was celebrating, and the fan who got cold cock was like, just like, oh, well, okay, whatever. I got punched. Oh, well. Yeah. Like, it was just insane. Oh. Yes, yeah, in Germany, I've seen some crazy stories there. It was before the, let's say, they turn off the light, just to give you an idea of fans, how big the fans are for, for their big fat, they're, they're just full-on about motocross and racing. Like, the light will turn off before the main, before the uh, the opening ceremony. Mm-hmm. And the music, it's crazy loud. People are yelling and just they're using their horn. It's like for the last 15 minutes, it's all dark. Before before the show starts, yeah, yeah. people into the stands are just going out of control. So, But it's smaller stadium. I don't think you see that with 60,000 people no. in Anaheim. But uh, we were talking about what... Uh, yeah. 12, 10, 12,000 people there. Yeah, arenas, hockey arenas, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, were, you, were you at that race in Germany? Oh, the winter of 01. Nick Way, Jason Thomas, and I were there. Metcalf was there kind of as an unknown kid. And they basically were having like a sex, uh, basically two chicks simulating sex on top of the tabletop for opening ceremonies. It was oh, insane. That, yeah. Was, uh, that was in Geneva. No, I think it was Germany. Was it Geneva? Was it Germany? Uh, I don't I saw, know. Maybe it was uh, yeah, uh, Germany, but in Geneva, remember, it was a, a lady doing a strip, uh, stripping <laughs> yeah. into a cage. Yeah, yeah. And on, they, the, on the opening uh, ceremony with, like, you know, kids. Uh, I yeah, know. That's, those, that's, those, that's European. You're always sitting there going, what is going on right now? What is happening? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, I don't remember. Well, a few more questions, and we'll wrap this thing up. Yeah. I don't remember you doing any designations for Canada. We've always been a cluster when it comes to that yeah. um, that thing. Did you do any? Uh, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, actually, I did the nation long time, like in '95 or '6 okay. in in Belgium, and then we did the one. In Namur? No, that was 99. With Fernet, Fernet went in 99, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think I went back in... T- I did three donations. Oh, you did? Okay. Four. I did one in California that it was like a, a, the World a Cup. non-donation right. weekend yeah. or whatever it's called. Yeah, the World Cup. <laughs> that was that was my first race for working okay. with, with Red Dog at Factory Yamaha. Canada got third, I think. Yeah, we got yeah. third. So that was like a donation, but a European boycott or something. Or some of the European, or the French yeah. or the German teams. I know a few teams were missing. They did that. I did the uh, Bud's Creek. Oh, that's in right. Two thousand seven. That. That's yeah. about it. But the reason, real quick, the reason why uh, I didn't do many. Uh, first of all, some were conflicting with the Montreal Supercross. Yep. It was a week. Very often was a week before, and uh, to me, the Montreal Supercross was, uh, you know, was was more important than the nation, because I had a chance to to win the Supercross, no chance to win the nation. And uh, the week prior to the Montreal Supercross, there's a lot of thing happening. Uh, so I missed the nation for many time, many time because of that. First of all, second, uh, I might make some people uh, angry a little bit, but it was unorganized often. Yeah. <laughs> often, uh, it still yeah. is. <laughs> it's, yeah, unorganized, and not the fault. I, I mean, I'm not. It is. It's just. Uh, well, remember we were talking before at the beginning of the interview. The fact of the CMA, CMRC, mm-hmm. CMC, all the different sanctions that we have in Canada. Uh, it is really complicated when it's time to go to the nation. Uh, we're still, uh, you know, CMA is still the official uh, sanction in Canada for the uh, FIM for the, the the World Federation, mm-hmm. but they're not doing. Much anymore, yeah. so they have no money. They have not uh, the, the the money and the 
all the riders uh, like the CMRC, but CMRC can't promote like a, a, a motocross nation team because they're not the FI. So anyway, there's a lot of politics, yeah. and I hate politics. So I stay out of there, uh, and and I just didn't want to go do a nation without you know, yeah, proper bikes. And uh, you were always the type of guy. You your whole racing career, you were prepared. You were organized. You were, yeah. you know, you, you you put yourself in the best position to do well. And I could totally understand you just saying, you know what, yeah. this is too much of a cluster. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and right. going overseas, and, and and I've done it, and, and I've done it uh, where I was supposed to have a new. Uh, well, of course, you borrow a bike because we didn't have any money to yeah. ship bikes. Yeah. Except one year, Blackfoot actually pay for the bike. A real a quick story: they pay for the bike for the shipping. They flew the bike over there, and then it was so the bikes were supposed to be flew back. Yeah. But so we're like, okay, well, let's throw everything in that crate. So the bike were muddy, and well, yeah. they washed the bike, but it didn't yeah. took the bike apart. And our gear, we put all our gear into a gear bag, the toolbox, everything into that crate. Mm-hmm. But it never been it went it went back on the boat. So we got everything back to the the shop. Three or four weeks later, the tools were rusted. Our gear totally, I mean, they were yeah. more, you know, the bikes were, the crank was seized. Everything was uh, yeah. screw on the bike. So that gives you uh, that gives you an idea of, uh, of one of the reasons why, you know, we didn't, uh, yeah. we didn't go back after that. So, but, uh, and um, yeah, you, you fly overseas, you fly, you're supposed to have a new bike. You get there, oh, the, we, we couldn't get you a 2005 uh, Honda. We got you a 2004, <laughs> and then it's supposed to be a new bike. It's a used, borrow, practice bike. Yeah. And then the hotel, it's like an hour away. Uh, it's just a lot of things like that yeah. that it, you can't compete with the top guys if you're, you know. Yeah, and it saddens me because, I mean, a team of, you know, well, back in your day, uh, yourself, Blair Morgan. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't think of a guy off the top of my head. Marco, but Marco, Marco Day, yeah. I mean, that would have yeah. been a good team, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Darcy Land. Darcy, yeah. Good point. I mean, yeah. even if we had sent Colton, Dusty, and, and Dean Wilson, or Colton, yeah. Dusty, and Cole Thompson, we can do well. Yeah. We have the talent. Yeah, no, you know? Absolutely. Uh, but I think, uh, it, it, I mean, it's 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 sad the way the uh, the problem is with the nation. It's at the end of the season. Uh, for for Americans, Canadian and American, uh, nobody put that into their their budget. Yeah. Now, being an older guy and more like a business guy, now I can I mean I can see it that when we budget, uh, we're going. Well, you're going for a U.S. National Series. That's the budget. You budget for that. You're doing a Canadian Series. You budget for that. You always blow up budget anyway. And you get to the, the nation. Nobody had planned you know budget to go there. There's not enough fan base in Canada. Yeah. There's not enough. Population in Canada and the the fan base is okay. We're going to raise fifty grand just by you know selling T-shirt or you know. Yeah. There's no way you can get that money, and it costs fifty, sixty thousand dollars to go. Um, you know, yeah, it, yeah. That's minimum. That's I mean that's the strict strict minimum just to you know to be there. So you guys in the states a different story. You go to Red Bull to the weekend, July four weekend. You know you, you can easily raise you know. Thousand of dollar by yeah, selling just by doing beer whatever. and t-shirts. Yeah, good point. You know, you got a point. You got a good point there, right? Um, uh, hey, I, I know you don't even know what podcasting is because you know your buddy, I'm old school, your I'm buddy, from Canada. your buddy told you that. So I know you don't ever listen to. <laughs> You don't listen to, um... but I will now. Okay. I will now right. since uh, we did finally did this. Uh, this well, I'm going to get internet into my house because I don't have internet yet, and then uh, uh, I'll buy a computer and no, I'm just kidding. No, I'll, uh, um, 
No, well, here's my point was you, you haven't heard me say this, but I've done these podcasts and I've I've long gone on um, about Canadians not traveling to the U.S. and not yeah. you know not put maybe putting some money to to into their careers to make money. Um, you know, Toronto Supercross comes every year. We mm-hmm. don't have anybody racing it, and I'm always talking about where's our JSR, where's our Rollerball, yeah. um, where's our you know guys. Does it bug you? That our guys seem to be content with their nine race series. Yeah. I mean, Medaglias do a little yeah. bit and stuff, but it pisses me off. Like some of these guys, I don't. They, I no mean, regret so bad when they get older. Okay, so I'll tell you that right now. It makes you a better racer. It makes you a better rider. Yeah. Um. You know, sinking some of your own money into your career is not a bad thing. Yeah. What, what's your take on this? What 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 do you think about these guys and and you know, I don't want you to piss anybody off and get in trouble yeah, here. No, but, yeah. and I don't want to sound like you know an older retired guy and 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 bitching. I'm, I'm not going to bitch. I'm just I'm just thinking and, and saying that it's a, it's a bit sad to see. I mean, Cole Thompson is a good example. I mean, as I mean, it is the JSR and Ross Peterson and Marco Dubé and, and Darcy Lange of these of this day. You know, yeah. he he goes to the states. He race. He's got you know. He's got his own truck and his, you know. He invests his money uh, into his program and he right. goes down in the states and he he comes to Canada and kick ass. So he, that's that 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 work. You know, you go down in the states, you get beat, you get roosted, you get you know. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you come back. But the other, I mean, a guy like Colton, uh, respect Colt, you know, a lot. And a guy like uh, you know, there, there's just a lot of guy that can easily go to the states and do well. But why they're not going? Uh, I think it's a bit of a lack of uh, of a little lazy, mm-hmm. I mean, sad to say, but I would call some of these guys a little bit lazy or maybe a little bit, uh, I mean, not willing to go suffer, right. not willing right. to go, because you're going to get, you know, I got my ass whipped in the States every week, every time I was there, I never, you know, never won a race, I never... Sometime race and finish in the top ten, and nobody was in front of me for a couple. You know, I had like a minus five or six. So you follow someone, you don't get really roost. But most of the time, I was just getting hammered, getting roosted, and so it is tough mentally and physically. It is really tough to go down in the U.S. racing against the best guy in the world. So I think some of these kids here in Canada just don't want. They're not up to the challenge, and uh, and it takes you know. I didn't have much of a life, it's sad to say, but it didn't have much of a life besides, no, because my goal was yeah. to, I mean, being a professional motocross rider, and, and on Thursday afternoon, I was driving to the U.S. to go to the the, the National on Saturday yeah. instead of staying here and chilling on Thursday and Friday and driving a pickup truck to a local race in Quebec and, and, and lap the second guy and just cash a thousand bucks and go back home on Sunday and go boating. Yeah, yeah. Drive, you know, yeah. so I don't think uh, you know. It seems like anyway. It seems like these kids are not well, you know, ready to do that anymore. You know, even like I tell people, like okay, and I hate to bring this guy up because it's going to make like I'm picking on him, but he's a good guy, and it's just is just an example. But I, yeah. and I did tell him this. But Sean Moffenbeier, okay, yeah, he's a good guy, a talented rider. He's in California, hanging out. During the during the Supercross series, yeah. you know, if you make the night show now, JSR, I don't know if you're aware of this. If you make the 450 night show, uh, yeah. last place in the LCQ is about 800 bucks. That's last. Wow. Now, be, yeah. I know. Now, Moffenbeier to me is very talented. Could make a night show. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So so you're 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 making a night show. You're making 800 dollars or more. At, 
that's that's a good living to to make yeah. eight hundred dollars and you're and on top of making eight hundred dollars you're you're learning you're learning you're bettering yeah. yourself you're experiencing racing at the highest level with the most pressure um why not you know like yeah. i don't I don't understand these guys like they there's money to be made it's not just a giant sinkhole yeah. of money you know yeah. and you make a main no, no, it's, it's two grand if you make a main it's two grand uh purse money you know yeah so it does it, disappoint it's huge you. it's huge yeah. money if you look at it uh that way, but like I said, beside the money, when you get to let's say our age, <laughs> you get you get older and you look back. Can you imagine? I'll, I mean, like I said, that's one thing that drove me far in my life. It's it's regret. Like I don't want to have regret. I have. Yeah, yeah. I talk to older people, and a lot of people keep repeating me. Make sure you don't regret. Make sure you don't regret. Do this because you'll regret it later. And for some reason. I got that word in my mind, you know. I yeah, have, yeah. I still have regrets, it. Yeah. and uh, and I think they will. Re- I mean, if you don't try, you're not gonna. You know, you don't know if you're gonna make. You know, I think some of these guys are like, well, if I don't make the main, what's gonna happen? You know, if I don't make the main, or if I if I go there, don't make the main, that sucks. Uh, who care? Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. because yeah. It, back in my days, we didn't have Facebook and all the Twitter shit that that if you know everybody knows around the yeah. world what you did, like last last five minutes. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I didn't have a. I didn't. Have, I didn't care. I didn't give a shit if I. If I, I was pissed at myself that I didn't make a main event. Mm-hmm. But I didn't give a shit what my friend would think. Would think about that or the sponsor. Not the sponsor, but yeah, yeah. You know, I People, was. Right. It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. So maybe that, and the fact that uh, it costs. Well, it would say cost a little bit more money, but the purse or. or, or yeah. You know, yeah. But you're already there. Those, these kids are. Let's see. Let's talk about the California, the West Coast guys that train in California, the Canadian that train in the U.S. You're there. You already spend the money on the rent. You already spend three months of your life living in the California. In California, you're there. You got bikes. You got. You know. Of course, you need to maybe go spend a bit of money of your own to go buy a fresh tire for the weekend. Yeah. Get some suspension done. Some, you know. Get yeah. some suspension done by somebody. But. But you can do five races in California for 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 less than what a thousand dollar expense just for traveling money. I mean, yeah, like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It's two hundred you know, two hundred a race, and yeah. your your gas is nothing because you're there, and and, and you're there. you're making eight hundred dollars if you yeah. make the night show. Yeah, so I, I it don't. is. Uh, but it's been like I think I was probably the, myself, Darcy, and, and maybe Marco Dubé were the last. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, that guy that I remember that we. Uh, that drove into the states every weekend. Well, Darcy was a uh, you know yeah, on the factory ride, but still he did uh, you know, end up driving to some of the races in the states. And uh, mm-hmm. but the actual reason why the kids, uh, these kids these days, don't do it, uh, yeah. I think some of these guys make you know I don't for them maybe they're making what? enough money for the kid during the national doing the national, but thirty grand, they're not twenty they're grand. Not, yeah. I mean, what are they making? Yeah, you know? I was gonna say it's. And uh, no, it's sad because there's a lot of races you can do. Like my, I was raced. Well, you know, well Tim, Tim Ferry, and Nick Way. If you talk to these two guys, and you know very well those two guys, and GT, I bet they were same as me. They were racing yeah. 35 to 45 weekends a year. Yeah, I've yeah. done 43, 44 weekends, two seasons in a row, 98, uh, 98, 99. Now we got guys. Are, now we got guys that are doing nine. <laughs> feels like feels like when I talk to uh, Miguel Duhamel, you know Miguel, yeah, right. Talk to him and when while he was racing the 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 the, the road race. Yeah. These guys were racing, were riding a street bike like their race bike, yeah. fifteen week, 
12 weekends a year. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, 11 rounds and maybe, maybe a weekend or two of testing. That's it. <laughs> crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, JT has gone on the record as saying many times that he had zero talent. Zero talent. But he, you know, he worked hard and he went to every race he could to make money. Yeah. You know? I know. I was, so. He was in my way all the time. Like, he was all, I was always right. battling with him at some whatever race in, 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 in Greece. In or Greece. <laughs> In Greece, there's exactly GT right. coming up with his, his full-on suspension. Like, he was always ready to go. Right. And I'm like, fuck, I need to beat him again. And I'm battling with him. And I battle with this guy in, I, in, in Canada, right. in Quebec, in the States, <laughs> in Germany, in Greece, in England, right. all over the world. He went to some race in Finland for, like, two grand. Like, like yeah. all the way to Finland, but it was two grand. He's like, screw yeah. it, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> don't think about it. I mean, uh, two grand, it's two grand. It's hard to get these days. Right, right. But... I think for some of those kids, maybe they realize, ah, you know, I'm going to win races here. I'm going to make more than that. I'm not going to waste my time to go. Yeah. But when you get to to the end, you realize, wow, you know, right. you know, I could have, you know, could have done. Uh, I mean, beside the money, I could have done maybe more races. But, uh, but you have to do that if you want to perform now in the states. You can't really show up. Like talking about Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, there's no way a Canadian can can. Sign up in Toronto and say, "Okay, I'm going to do one round. This, this, I'm going to do one race, one Supercross. I'll do Toronto. I'll train before and do Supercross in Toronto. Ain't going to work. You have to to sign up for for more than one race if you want to be yeah. if you want to perform. Right, right. So uh, I mean, the speed of these kids, uh, it's just you know, it's amazing, and they're they're training, they're prepared for. So I agree that you know, I wouldn't say, if I was a team manager of the team, I wouldn't send anybody. For just one weekend, I wouldn't send one guy to the into the lion uh, for, for dead, one right? weekend, you know, um, unless they prepare. JSR, thank you, fall. thank you for doing this. An hour of forty minutes. I feel like we could go longer, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, I've, 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 uh, great conversation, great talk yeah. about your career. Uh, you had a fantastic career, um, north or south of the border, and I'm glad that uh, you know it's all worked out for you. I've known you for a long time, and. You represented yeah. Canada well everywhere you went, and uh, yeah, it's cool, man. Thank you for doing this. Well, thanks, thanks for uh, for 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 trying to reach me for for <laughs> two years in a row. Try bug me every month or two, and right. you know. But uh, yeah, sorry, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the sport, but I'm not into this like 100. percent Let's say like you and some of you guys that are still uh, yeah. 100 percent in that. Uh, I think the fact that I. Uh, I have my, you know, I have kids now, and I have a family. I have, you know, a bit of a business on my side. I right. work with KTM and the sport. I'm still involved, but I'm not like, you know, I'm not 100% into this. Uh, even if I still, you know, love their bike, but I, you know, right. so right. maybe one reason I was a bit hard to get a hold. Yeah, of, uh, that's all right. It's all, it's all worth it now. I'm glad, yeah. glad we finally did it. Um, yeah. Thank you for the BTOSports.com Racer X podcast presented by Thor MX. The great John Sebastian Waugh. Thanks, buddy. I don't know when I'll see you next. Maybe maybe the Monster Cup. Um, yeah. 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 Monster Cup for sure. Okay. Uh, the U.S. And then I'll try to, uh, to, I'll try to make it to U.S. National uh, to watch uh, yeah. these kids uh, go around the track uh, <laughs> wide open on the yeah, yeah. factory bikes. Yeah, then no problem. All right, buddy. Thanks very much. Yep. Thanks. All right. See you. Okay, Steve. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.